welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. So it is my pleasure this morning to uh, introduce Jill to you. She needs no introduction at all. She is the director of spiritual formation. And she is doing an incredible job just really challenging us and stretching our thinking around what, how to develop ourselves spiritually, what discipleship looks like. We're thrilled to have her. She's married to Kirk. And they have just made such a difference to the life of this church since they have been with us. So let's give her a warm welcome. And Jill, let me pray for you. Father, thank you for Jill. Thank you, Lord, for what she brings. But mostly, Lord, thank you for who she is and the gift that she is to us. We pray this morning that you would speak through her in a way that reveals yourself and pushes us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Happy Mothering Sunday. I get, I get to do it twice because it's in May in Canada, so I get the double blessing, which is fantastic. We're just going to go off. We've been in a, a, a teaching series over the last few weeks around the way of the cross, following Jesus to the cross. And today, just because of it being Mothering Sunday, we, we thought we would jump into a, 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 a part of a different series we've run over the last year or so called Heroes of the Faith. And the hero that we're going to talk about this morning is Mary. So I think there's another slide. This isn't really Mary. It's actually Mary Marvel. She's one of the early superheroes. <laughs> we often think about Mary. I, was, I actually me- uh, messaged my Catholic friends uh, this week and said, hey, guys, I'm preaching on Mary. They're really excited. And I, <laughs> I'm really excited, too. I think about Mary a lot. I'm really intrigued by her story of all the characters in the biblical drama She is the one that I relate to the most. I find myself in her story, and I I try and crawl inside of her skin. And I've learned a lot from Mary about being a parent. We're going to talk about that today a little bit. So how many of you in the room are parents? Put up your hand if you're a parent. Look at that. Wow. Okay. This talk is for you. How many of you in the room have a parent or had a parent? Right. You're going to have a whole new appreciation for your parent. This talk is for you. Does anybody in this room want to be a parent at some point? Well, not again. Yeah. <laughs> a little old for me to do that again. <laughs> um, this talk is for you. How many of you have friends that you love, that you love being on the journey with and accompanying them on their life journey? Anybody got friendships like that? Okay. This talk is for you. How many of you have carried a dream? God's given you a dream. He's planted something in your heart that you've carried within you. And then he's given you opportunity to bring it to birth and to build something. And so whether that's a project that you manage at work, or maybe, Peter, it's a song that you wrote for the congregation, or maybe it's a vision for citywide prayer in Guilford, or some kind of dream, some kind of vision. Anybody ever gotten a dream and carried it, walking forward with it. All right, this talk is for you. I have to say, I love being pregnant. Anybody else love being pregnant? I love being pregnant. 
I, uh, there's, yes, there we go. That's not me. I wish I was that beautiful when I was pregnant. But <laughs> I remember with clarity the first moment that I felt the movement of my daughter Hannah inside of me. I was about four months pregnant, and, and the best I could describe it, I tried to find ways to wrap words around that miraculous moment, but it felt like my belly was a fishbowl, and then this little tiny fish brushed against the side of the fishbowl. All the mothers in the room are going, I remember that moment. You do, you don't forget that moment. It's like, oh my gosh, I have a human being inside of me, right? There's something growing inside of me. And, and then, and then as, as, as she got bigger and as I got bigger, I, I literally, I would lie in bed and pull up my shirt and then watch her do the rumba inside of me. And then be arms and legs and feet and it was crazy, totally bizarre. Kind of like the movie Aliens, but without the foreboding. <laughs> so, it was miraculous. Carrying a human being in my body. A miracle. And as I've tried to wrap words around that miracle and, and, and how we actually carry also the dreams of God. And when I think about Mary, I wrote a poem. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a poem. Is that okay? A little... <laughs> And I, I love poetry because poetry actually is the language of the heart. It's the language of the spirit. And it kind of gets us somewhere that normal prose doesn't. So here's my poem. <laughs> yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord, I receive all that you have promised. Your spirit hovers over my chaos <laughs> My questions, my perplexities. A light beams into the deep and a gift is given. Pregnant with divine intention, I bear it and I bear you. And, and senses attuned at full attention, I hear it and I hear you. And my body breathless poised and waiting to feel your movement within that internal, eternal dance. You spin like the galaxy. I grow heavy with expectation. The weight of glory slows me. Show me all that you have promised. I've learned four things from Mary about being a parent. And we're gonna talk about them today. Number one, Mary didn't merely give birth to a child. She gave birth to a destiny. She gave birth to God's dream that was going to ultimately change the eternal destiny of billions and billions of people. Let's look at the next slide here. Who recognizes this guy on the left? My right, left, your left, anyway, but on this side. Who is that? Billy Graham. We know Billy Graham. His face is familiar to us. Over the course of his lifetime, he preached the gospel to 2.2 billion people. Everybody say billion. And they kept good tracks. They kept numbers of those who actually received Jesus as a result of his worldwide campaigns. In his preaching, God used him to affect the eternal destiny of 3.2 million people. 
3.2 million. So when Billy Graham's mom, her name was Morrow, when, when Morrow Graham was lying in bed, pulling up her shirt and watching Billy do the rumba inside of her, do you think she ever imagined? Three billion people. 3.2 million eternal destinies being changed. So we give birth not only to children, potentially we're giving birth to destinies that will change nations and change people's lives. When we give birth to that new song, we don't know if it's going to be sung all over the world and change the heart language of an entire generation. When we birth a church, when Emmaus births its next church, and we carry it and we're pregnant with expectation of the next church plan and we bring it forth. Who knows how many lives are going to be changed? We give birth to destiny. The next one, Louis Pasteur. Yeah, his mom, her, her name was Jeanne Rocky. I probably pronounced that improperly. My apologies to any French person in the room. But I imagine Jean saying, now Louis was the father of microbiology, and so he was the first to propose germ theories. He was the first one to say, come on, guys, wash your hands. Before you have surgery, let's clean those scalpels, shall we? And I could just imagine Jean speaking to her son Louis, Louis, don't perform that experiment in the kitchen. I don't want you to blow it up again. And for God's sake, Louis, wash your hands. <laughs> he changed the destinies. He saved countless lives. So the child that you're caring for and nurturing, that business idea that God gave you, just might change the world. Number two, Mary taught us how to pay attention to what matters. The thing I love about the biblical heroes is that they are deeply flawed and they are deeply human. And I find that extremely comforting because for me as a leader in the church, I am deeply flawed, and I am deeply human, and I'm so relieved that you all are going to learn as much from my mistakes and my failures as my successes. Everybody say amen. So I love that. The, what I learned, well, I'll tell you what I learned from Mary in a second, but um, I want to tell you a story first. I was a single mother for five years. My little girl, Hannah, was from a, a previous marriage, and and when I was scoping out my husband, my present husband, Kirk, I just wanted to see what kind of babysitter he'd be, sort of check out the father-daughter chemistry, and, and uh, he gave me permission to tell this story today. But we had one, one day, my daughter was about four, and we were part of a big festival north of Toronto. Our church uh, was, there was a band shell, and our, and our church was going to be playing some music at the festival. So we arrived there, and I, I came, and I brought my little four-year-old Hannah, and Kirk was there, and we, we got all set up on our stage, all ready to play. But there was about half an hour before it was time for our band to go on, and I, I really wanted to hear the other band over on the other stage. So I said to Kirk, Kirk, could you just watch Hannah for me for a, a minute or two? I'm just going to go over to the other band and, and just have a listen. He's like, sure, no problem. It's like practicing to be a dad, you know. <laughs> I get the babysitting moment. So he's watching Hannah, and I go over to the, the other stage, and I'm standing at the other stage, and I'm enjoying the band. I'm enjoying the music. And all of a sudden, I notice that Kirk's beside me without Hannah. And I'm like, where's Hannah? And he's like, oh, crap, Hannah, you'd completely forgotten. <laughs> this is like a huge festival with hundreds. 
hundreds and hundreds of people. So we hightailed it back to the other stage, and little extroverted Hannah was just chatting up the bass player like nothing had gone wrong. She was completely fine. <laughs> Fortunately, Kirk redeemed himself, and we are, have been happily married now for 20-some-odd years, and Hannah is still alive and well, which is good. But... Um, <laughs> But the story is familiar. We're all familiar with the story of Mary. Jesus is about 12 years old. They've been to Jerusalem. They're heading home from Jerusalem. There's a big pack of them. There's lots going on. They're three days into their journey, and all of a sudden, she looks beside her. She's like, Joseph, where's Jesus? It's lost in the crowd. How many of us have gone for three days not realizing that we left Jesus behind? Anybody besides me? You're more spiritual than I am, far more holy. We get distracted. Life is busy. Life is full. And we, it's hard sometimes to pay attention to what matters most. So I learned from Mary how not to do that. <laughs> and I learned in my own life, in my own ministry, the times in ministry bringing leadership to the faith community that I led back in Canada, the times that I hurt people the most was when I was too busy and too distracted and not paying attention to what matters most, and I would forget people would fall through the cracks. I'm just confessing my sin to you. And so as we accompany our children, as we think about the kind of parent we want to be, down the road as we journey with our community or we journey with whatever project that God has given us to care for and watch over, can we pay attention to what matters? Number three, the third thing I learned from Mary was how to accompany people well in their suffering. And you can go to the next slide, but it, I, was, I was torn a little bit in terms of which, which sermon series does this fit into, actually? Is it the Heroes of the Faith sermon series, or are we, we're still on the way to the cross here? We're on Mary's journey towards the cross. <laughs> That's Jesus' mummy and Jesus. <laughs> In her teen years and into her early 20s, my daughter Hannah experienced a prolonged and painful season of suffering, deep suffering. And there were at times when I wasn't sure if we were going to make it. And I can't give you the details, that's her story to tell, but my story is that I had to learn how to accompany her well in that season. Because so we, we want to cocoon our children. We want to protect them. We want to shield them from suffering. But I got news for you, everybody. In a fallen world, suffering is an inevitable part of the journey. The little ones, they fall and they skin their knee and they ask for a plaster. Hannah always wanted the plaster with, like, Cookie Monster on it. Do you have... Sesame Street plasters, anyways. <laughs> and for those of us who've been parents, how many of us have had that moment where we stood with our children in the place of their pain, 
hearing their own visceral cry of, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I think of Mary standing at the foot of the cross and her beautiful baby boy on display in suffering and crying out. It's the great unfixable. There's nothing she can do but stand and watch and pray. And that is a holy moment. That is a holy calling. The calling that we have to accompany our children and our spouses and our friends and our communities in their places of brokenness and pain. The invitation, that opportunity we have to just show up with deep empathy and deep love. Those moments when we have the courage to stand at the foot of somebody else's cross and having done all, then stand. Those are holy moments. That's a holy calling. When we have those moments when we're standing in the gap between the now and the not yet. I think of Mary standing there. There's her beautiful boy up there. And she's hearing the earlier prophecies about his destiny and, and what God's going to do through his life. And she hasn't seen it yet. And she's hearing the early prophecies about how a sword is going to pierce her own heart. Standing in the midst of that, it feels like a paradox. It feels like a chasm. It feels like, how, how can this be? With the having done all then stand as an act of love and the having done all then stand as an act of hope it's an act of hope and for those of you who are standing with your children in their suffering or standing with your company as it's dying or standing with your community or you know in that place of hope and expectation a place of pain and place of suffering Knowing that in the midst of that, the one who never leaves us and forsakes us is standing with us. And somehow, some way, inexplicably, in ways we don't understand a mystery, all manner of things shall be well. Somehow, some way. That accompaniment is a holy calling. And I think Mary, too, and maybe Tom will come now. I've, I've asked Tom to come and share just a little bit. The final thing that I've learned from Mary about being a parent is the art of relinquishment. And Tom's got just a beautiful story that is important for you to hear this morning. Thank you, Jill. Jill asked me a couple of weeks ago what the hardest thing God had ever asked me to do was, and I told her a story, and, and that was the mistake that led me to being here this morning. Um, we, we, a young family, I, I was, this a few years ago, um, two young kids, three and one, one and a half, and we were working, living briefly out in the remote regions of Uzbekistan, um, 
at a tough time to be there. It was a, it was a rough place at the time. And uh, we, a few disasters had led to a point where actually the, the only people we really knew in the country had been medically evacuated, and, and we were very much on our own in a place that we didn't know. Um, and, and we took the weekend out as a family and just went to an even more remote part of the country, into the mountains, uh, as you do. And uh, um, two young kids just playing in the dirt, and uh, my little daughter tripped and and her head managed to find a very sharp rock, and she was just out cold on the ground. Um, now, I was told to keep this short. Um, I can make this last a long time. This, um, but uh, a whole series of miraculous events. So sort of suddenly, we were in a car um, driving at 100 miles an hour, I know, because I was sat in the front without a seatbelt with a three-year-old on my knee, and I was looking at the speedometer trying to find some way of distracting myself from the view out the front. And uh, we were heading um, what was a three, four hour journey into some kind of civilization. Um, I had no idea who the guy next to me driving the car was. We didn't have any words in common in any of the languages I spoke or the languages he spoke. That took us not you know, a, few, a few minutes to figure out. And um, we were just going. And I, I, I was praying, I'm a really good prayer in a crisis, um, and I was praying really hard, um, obviously trying to be upbeat for my little three-year-old on my knee, as you, you know, this is okay, everything's going to be good, everything's okay, but I wasn't feeling that, and I was praying, Lord God, give me my daughter back, Lord God, just give me my daughter back, please give me my daughter back, this little girl, she's done nothing wrong, she's, just give me my little girl back, she's a lovely little girl, God, and God, said something to me as if I wasn't going through enough stress already um, that hit me like a train. He said to me, um, she's not your daughter. And she was, she, biologically she is. Um, and, but my prayer changed that moment and, uh, and it's changed ever since. That, um, and I got it, I totally got it. Um, this... Little girl, Lord Jesus, thank you for every day that I've had with her for the last 18 months. Thank you for the privilege of being able to watch her live. Thank you for the privilege of being able to enjoy uh, company, time with her. And she's okay. She's alive now. She's 15. She's lovely sometimes. And she's... Um, uh, but when, you know, parents sometimes get compliments for their kids... Some parents get more compliments than others for their kids. Um, sometimes, occasionally, I, someone will say something nice about them. And, I, and my language has changed since that moment. I think about this story probably daily. Um, I very rarely, I mean, it's the first time I've told any, really, I've told a few people over my life. But um, I, I think about it a lot because my language has changed ever since that. That when someone says, oh, isn't she lovely? <laughs> and you think, yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> you're what you know. And I, I say, yeah, it's a real privilege to watch and just to be in her life and watch her grow and watch who she is. She belongs to God. She's his daughter. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Mary taught me and teaches us we don't merely give birth to children or 
organizations. We don't merely give birth to church plants. We give birth to destinies. We give birth to things that will change people's eternal destinies. Mary teaches us it's important to pay attention to what matters. So pay attention. Mary teaches us that accompanying those we love into the place of suffering is a holy calling. Mary teaches us the art of relinquishment. My child, my children are not my own. My work project is not mine. The song I wrote is not mine. This church plant that we're birthing is not ours. It belongs to God. It belongs to God. We just have the privilege of accompanying it on its journey, accompanying them on their journey, believing that we will see resurrection, believing that we will see the glory of God revealed. So let's stand together. I just want to lead you. There's a few things I'd like to, for us to pray about. If the band wants to get up, they can do that. And so for those of you who are carrying a dream and you've been enlarged in the waiting, you feel overdue. You know, women at 40 weeks, they're so ready to have that baby. <laughs> God's given you something. He's put something in your spirit. And you've been carrying it and you're feeling like, oh, this baby better come soon. We're going to pray for you for grace to bring it forth in God's time, for joy, and for the destiny that he's birthing through you to touch the lives of everyone around you. I want to pray for those of you who are struggling to pay attention to what matters, who are struggling in this age of digital distraction, what they call it, weapons of mass distraction, where it's hard to pay attention. We're going to pray for you. And for those of you who are accompanying your children or your spouse or your friends or your community in their season of suffering and you need extra courage to just show up and stand, we're going to pray for you. And for those of you who are hanging on so tightly to those whom God has given you or that which God has given you and the invitation is to let it go. I want to pray for you. So you know who you are of those four or other things, you know, just let's just hold our hearts in God's presence right now. Come Holy Spirit. We want to be the dreamer of your dreams. We want to birth that which you have given us. Let it come forth. And Lord, we confess I confess, I repent, Lord, of all the ways I don't pay attention to what's important. I get distracted. 
a repent of moving on without you and not even noticing. <laughs> Lord, forgive me, forgive us. And Lord, I ask for courage to stand in the place of suffering. But Lord, most of all, that which you've given me, these precious ones, children or friends or spouses, ministries, my work. Help me to let it go. Help me to give it to you. You might even find it helpful to, to put your hand in a fist just to represent the way we hold on to things and cling. And then just open up your hand and let it go. Lord, I let it go. My child belongs to you. My child belongs to God. My husband belongs to God. This church belongs to God. My friends belong to you. I'll give them to you. Yes, Lord, I believe all that you have promised. I receive it. Your spirit hovers over my chaos, my uncertainty, and my questions. Life beams into the deep, and a gift is given. Pregnant with divine intention, I bear it. I bear you. And senses standing at attention to hear it, I hear you. And body breathless, poised and waiting to feel your movements within, you spin like the galaxy. The internal, eternal dance. I grow heavy with expectation. The weight of glory slows me. Show me all that you have promised. Amen.